Alright guys, uh, welcome back uh, for another episode here. It is Thursday night, um, and we're going to be talking a little college football. Then we're going to go into NFL, um, and then a few uh, other things towards the end. We'll talk about MLB, they've re released some of their awards recently. College basketball is entering into one of the busier times of the year uh, with that. And then just a tad of soccer talk uh, because the World Cup starts on Sunday um, but yeah let's do it guys it is just Bowen this week uh, just me um, squid is dealing with a little bit of a uh, illness uh, he's doing well he's all right uh, just feeling under the weather and his throat wasn't doing great and uh, couldn't talk um, so it's just gonna be me this week um, but uh, yeah so first um, we weren't able to record on Tuesday we're doing a little bit of a combined episode here with the uh, college football rankings coming out Tuesday night. So here we are um, with the week 12 of the college football rankings. Um, and honestly, not a ton of like crazy shifts. Um, if you looked at the rankings, I think like stop top four stayed this top five stayed the same LSU jumped up with Oregon losing last week um, and then other teams kind of just bumped up one Oregon fell from six to 12 obviously uh, UCLA dropped their loss to at home to Arizona and Ole Miss dropped uh, a couple spots as well and UCF with the big win over Tulane in the group of five kind of taking over who's going to get the group of five to get into the uh, get into the New Year's six from that um, biggest thing on my end from that I thought uh, NC State still being ranked was interesting obviously uh, their athletic director is the chairman of the playoff committee so that probably has something to do with it um, their home loss as a 19 point favorite to Boston College uh, I thought Coastal was going to hop in there um, UCF uh, got jumped by Florida State I mean I guess that's not the biggest thing because UCF is like I said they're not competing against these other teams really for spots they're competing against the other group of five teams just to get the highest um, group of five conference championship rating uh, ranking so that they can get in New Year's Six uh, but I thought that flip was interesting uh, Kansas State jumping up from I believe 19 uh, all the way up to 15. Uh, yeah, thought that jump was interesting. I know they did well, but thought it was quite the jump for them. Um, but yeah, I think uh, there's some teams that still obviously have a chance this week. I think um, we'll get into some of the Pac-12 games uh, later on in our picks. But I thought the the Pac-12 had a chance to be really involved in this year's playoff. Um, and then they kind of just did what the Pac-12 does. Uh, they started to cannibalize themselves. Um, I tweeted out after the 
after Washington beat Oregon. I said the Pac-12 is starting to cannibalize himself, and then later on Arizona's beating UCLA at home, and I was like, they're doing it again, and then it happened. Um, so there's that. Uh, kind of diminishes this week's games a little bit. I think those games will still be good, still be important um, in that aspect. Um, yeah, uh, I thought some teams, um, looking at the rankings, some teams still kind of have a chance, some teams don't. Uh, interesting seeing, like, I think Utah has the wins to be where they're at. But, like, Penn State, um, the wins is a little bit of a question, like, what wins are keeping them that high with two losses? I know it's, like, they've kind of been there the whole time, but... I think they do. I think the committee does care about. Obviously, they incorporate the losses, but I think they care more about the good wins rather than the bad losses. And that's why I think LSU has a chance, actually, as a two loss team, just because of the wins that they do have um, and their losses not being terrible uh, as well. I think TCU. I think people are disrespecting TCU. Uh, I think people are talking about how talking about their narrative of like the Big 12 just not being good which at the top maybe it's not as good as the SEC and the Big 10 but I think top to bottom the Big 12 is the best conference this year uh, they don't really have a ton of weak links there is no Vanderbilt there is no Rutgers there's no Northwestern Indiana Missouri there's no none of those teams um, or in the ACC, like Boston College, um, teams near the really bottom of the conference um, that are really bad. There's none of those teams in the Big 12. Obviously, there are bad teams, um, but the worst team probably being West Virginia. West Virginia, Kansas, maybe Texas Tech, probably the three worst teams, and none of those teams you would really look at as being, man, they are bad. Um, so I think... That's like a narrative thing that is just continuing um, in this uh, rankings and just across the country in the kind of the talk. Um, so with that, uh, we'll move into my our picks. I've got Squid's picks as well. He sent them in. Um, we'll go uh, through his first. I'll kind of talk about uh, what I think about the games uh, that he picked, and then I'll go through mine as well. Uh, so he's got Oregon plus two against Utah. So uh, this is obviously um, bounce back week for a team like Oregon, still in the hunt for um, playing in the conference championship game. And uh, I think that'll be this is a big week for them. Um, plus two against Utah. Uh, Utah kind of pushed them around twice last year. So uh, is the new Oregon going to be a team that can uh, – physically match up with them under Dan Lanning, uh, which they got pushed around last year. So I like that pick um, from Squid, but I don't know if I would jump on that. Uh, he's got UCLA plus two and a half against USC, uh, which I like that one a lot. I think uh, USC, the only difference between teams like USC and teams uh, like UNC or even Clemson uh, being ranked higher uh is the fact that they're USC, um, and they've got Caleb Williams. Um, I don't think there's much difference team-wise between a team like USC and UNC. 
Um, so I like that pick. Um, then he's got Duke plus seven and a half versus Pitt. Um, I like that play. I think Duke is playing really, really well this year. Mike Elko has them playing a lot just more competent football than last year. Um, and Pitt is – they're a decent team. I think defensively they're really good. Um, and they just don't have really a lot of interest in running the ball very much. Or, or not running uh, – scoring the ball. They don't really care. Uh, they'll run the ball a good bit. Um, and then he's got UNC minus 21 against Georgia Tech. I like that as well because I think Georgia, uh, UNC is in no situation to really like take any opponent for granted. I think they need as much style points as they can if they really want to make a push from where they are in the playoff rankings to 13. I don't think they really have a huge shot at it. I think some things would have to fall in their direction, um, which oddly enough would probably – like their chances of getting into the playoff, I think like if the things were to fall into place – to help them get there, then Drake May's chance of getting the Heisman would go down. Because I think that would involve Ohio State killing Michigan, which I think would hand Stroud the Heisman. We can talk a little bit more about the Heisman race in a second. And then lastly, Squid has done, for the first time in That's the Game history, an alt line. So he has, so Tennessee is a 22-point favorite over South Carolina. Squid says they're going to win by 32. So Squid Squid has Tennessee minus 32 versus South Carolina. I don't blame them. Um, I think South Carolina got their sixth win, and they're kind of kind of out. They're like, yeah, we got it. We're, we're chilling at this point. Um, South Carolina uh, played some bad teams, got some good wins uh, early to boost themselves in Tennessee, like UNC is trying to put up some style points, um, and they did so against Missouri, and I think they will do so again um this week so those are squid's picks um squid is sitting uh still below the 500 mark um on the, the year at 22 30 and 3 um and so after a 2 2 and 1 week last week for him i went 3 and 2 last week um, this week, my picks are – I've got some bigger lines than I usually do, I feel like. So I've got Florida State minus 24 against Louisiana. I think Florida State this year is a team that you can trust in games like this uh, under Norvell. I think they've shown that in some of their blowout wins, especially recently. Um, and then I've got UMass plus 33.5 against Texas A&M. Texas A&M doesn't score above 30 very often, so I think them covering 30 uh, is a big ask for them. Uh, who knows what's going on down in College Station at this point, who's going to leave, who's playing. Um, so we'll see about that. And then I've got Cal minus 5.5 against Stanford. I'm kind of just playing on Stanford being bad and kind of quit at this point. Um, and so... I think that Cal uh, isn't a great team, but I think they're just better than Stanford. Um, I think that uh, Stanford is in a situation where they are caring less and less about football. And I think I wouldn't be surprised to see David Shaw either like resign or just mutually part ways with Stanford. Um, and then I've got Penn State minus 19 against Rutgers. I think the bottom half of the Big Ten is bad. I think Penn State, after playing and losing to both Michigan and Ohio State, 
they're people have kind of forgotten about them. They're kind of just coasting, but they're still a pretty good football team. Um, so I've got them minus 19. And then I've got Michigan minus 18 against Illinois. You asked me this two weeks ago. I think it may be a different story. I think uh, I would say, like, man, what can Illinois do against Michigan uh, defensively to make uh, McCarthy throw the ball, um, at least vertically throw the ball? I think he gets a, a lot of uh, passes out quick and out early. And so that's what he – their kind of offense is, like, built around uh, is doing that. Um, so those are our picks. Um, I am 28 and 27 on the year um, after a 3-2 and two week, like I said. Um, looking to improve on that. I think um, that will be – I feel good about this week. I know that's something Squid, – hey, Squid's going 5-0. and He told me he's going 5-0 and this week. Um, I don't know if I'll go 5-0, and but I feel pretty good about this week um let's check in let's look at the other games on the slate for this weekend uh live right now there is in the top 25 so Tulane is putting it on SMU right now 49 to 7 as I'm recording uh right now um Tulane just not really having anything to do uh with SMU's defense uh having no trouble with that uh, you also got TCU versus Baylor. Um, I had obviously, a big game last week against Texas for TCU. Um, I don't think Baylor is that good, but I think this could be a letdown spot for a team like TCU. Um, and we'll see what they can do um, with that. Um, they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Baylor. So see if TCU can continue playing good because they don't have margin for error, not necessarily that they should be in that case, but I think that's where they are with the way the committee keeps treating them. Um, got Georgia uh, versus Kentucky, a team who lost to Vanderbilt last week. Uh, get a little bit more. Well, we can go into Kentucky right now. So Will Levis, uh, as is known um, on this podcast, uh, I'm a Will Levis hater. And so this week I just started to notice he is just following me at every corner uh, all around. So first I see um, on CBS, they've got him mocked number five pick to the Panthers. Um, and I just would not be happy about that. <laughs> and then I see another draft board with the Panthers picking him at number three. And then I see another NFL draft rating that rated him the number one quarterback in the draft. And, like, I just don't – I understand the tan, the tangibles. He's big. He's got a good arm. But at some point, you've got to watch the game. I'm not drafting a quarterback that's losing at home to Vanderbilt. I mean, you can't lose at home to Vanderbilt and be drafted number one. That's ridiculous. Um, so, I think Georgia will kill Kentucky this week. Um, Clemson. Uh, trying to stay alive in the playoff. Uh, I think they also would need to do some damage. Uh, they've got Miami this week. A big spread, uh, 19 in that one. Also, Bedlam is this week. Uh, kind of snuck up on all of us. Um, Oklahoma's minus 7. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think... At first, I was like, man, got to jump on Oklahoma State. But then Spencer Sanders hasn't been healthy slash playing well lately. But then... It's also Oklahoma hasn't been great. So, 
Bedlam, it's Bedlam for a reason. It's the last, well, not the last one. It'll eventually run out, but Bedlam's crazy. Always kind of gives us some good games. So that should be interesting. And then Ole Miss uh, bouncing back from their game against Bama this week um, against Arkansas. Some of these SEC teams have real games this week um, instead of the cupcakes that they play around the league uh, this week before rivalry week. Um, but, yeah. Um, like I said earlier, the Pac-12 kind of cannibalized itself um, playing uh, for kind of the, their ability to kind of make a playoff push. I think USC is the only team alive, so I think USC – Losing would be it for the Pac-12. I think it would be beneficial to USC if they played Utah in the Pac-12 championship game so they could kind of avenge that loss, a 12-1 USC with the Pac-12 championship. They avenge their loss. I think they have a really good shot at getting in. So um, moving to a little bit of Heisman talk. Um, I think Heisman has been um, pretty, like, good race this year um but in my opinion i think it should be drake may i don't necessarily think he will win but i think he should uh i think it's cj strouds to lose just uh off of like the national like perception of like that team and who he is um but the thing is is like drake may has over a thousand more total yards than CJ Stroud. Got five more total touchdowns, one less interception. You look at Hendon Hooker, he's got about seven hundred total yard more total yards. Ten more touchdowns. He's got one more interception than Hooker. Um and also like obviously the Heisman, they don't watch every game. I don't expect them to watch every game. But I think if you watch Drake May, like the Heisman is the most outstanding player in the country. You watch that dude, he is outstanding think he's the best player in the country thrown to the best wide receiver in the country um i think it should be drake i don't think it will be um but you get that um and when i'm talking about how i think unc's chances of getting the playoffs uh if those increase i think drake's uh heisman chance decrease because i think what hap- needs to happen for unc to get in involves some like ohio state blowing out Michigan, and I think uh, that involves C.J. Stroud putting up some big numbers, which, again, the national perception, everybody's watching that game and just kind of sees that game in a different light as well. So that's all I really have for the for college football um, itself. And so we can kind of move into the NFL. Um, last week was – it might have had our game of the year. Um, in the NFL. And so in that, I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings last week. Overtime game, uh, 33-30 Vikings. I think a lot of people were discrediting the Vikings. Um, a lot of team, a lot of people were, just didn't think they were the real deal. The only real competition they played before that were the Eagles. They got killed. Buffalo is kind of the Super Bowl favorite. Um Buffalo had control early, um, and then the Vikings were able to come back with one of the craziest plays I've ever seen there down at the goal line, or the reverse goal line, I guess, With after they couldn't get in the end zone on fourth down, and then Josh 
Allen trying to sneak it and fumbles the snap and then able to push in. Uh, Vikings get on it, touchdown, and that catch by Justin Jefferson on that fourth down was absolutely ridiculous. Um, very impressive. One of the best catches I think I've ever seen just was he was able to take it away from the defender um, who had two hands on the ball and just with one hand just take it away from him. Um, Panthers got the dub on Thursday night. The Steelers um, also won uh, against the Saints. And the Eagles lose, um, and they go down uh, the last undefeated team to lose. Um, so there's no more undefeated teams. Um, the Commanders kind of played really well, uh, and I think were able to do some things that disrupted the flow for the Eagles. I think they kept Hurts off the field, which really helped. Um, A.J. Brown didn't play very well, and uh, Joey Sly made some big kicks. Um, so that's a big win for the Commanders. I think the Eagles will be fine. Not much like concern there. Uh, the Colts uh, got the win against the Raiders versus uh, with uh, Jeff Saturday as the coach. Um, and so that's a good win for Jeff um, and the Colts. See if they can follow it up this week. Um, they uh, this week against the, I believe. Let's see who they play this week. The Colts have the Eagles, so I think the Eagles will bounce back. So Eagles are favored by seven. In that game, we also have uh, Jets Patriots rematch from earlier in the year. Uh, at this point in the in the season, obviously still really early on, about halfway through, the entire AFC East would be in the playoffs, and all but the Commanders of the NFC East would be in the playoffs. So, of the Eastern Division teams in the AFC and NFC, seven of eight would be in the playoffs if it started today. Um, I think Bill uh so Bills and Browns has been moved from Buffalo who which was expecting 3 to 6 feet of snow this weekend from there to uh Detroit um which is funny cuz there's like a carnival going on in Ford Field in Detroit and they've got to tear that all down um and get that going for the next week um in which the Bills I believe play at the Lions next week, too. Or, well, it's on Thursday, on Thanksgiving. They play. Um, and then we'll see if the Commanders, like I said, they've been playing really well, see if they can keep it rolling um, against Houston this week. Um, that should be interesting. Um, you've got Chiefs-Chargers a rematch early in the year where the Chargers really kind of controlled that game they played early on. Uh, but the Chiefs still won uh, a pick six by Herbert when they were down on the goal line was tough um, and you've got speaking of, for our teams uh, Panthers play the Ravens I don't really see us winning that game I think Lamar Jackson's just going to be too good um, PJ Walker's out so Mayfield will be playing um, I don't really think that's why we were not going to win but I just don't really feel particularly good about that game this week. Bengals versus Steelers. I would feel good if I was the Steelers just because uh, every team that has played the Panthers 
has lost their next game, which the Bengals' last game was against the Panthers. So look out for that, and also look out for the Falcons this week as well. You got Cowboys-Vikings. I think that game is going to be really good. Um, another Thanksgiving game. Um, obviously, the Vikings had the great game last week. Uh, kind of proved that they were for real and proved that they could really do it. Um, and against the Cowboys, who are also kind of looking to um, be contenders um, in the NFC and just like in general for the Super Bowl, what can they do against a team that has proven themselves like the Vikings um, has so far this year? And let's see. Last thing I really want to talk about is the Raiders-Broncos game. Um, and I wanted to see if I could find something that I saw earlier in the year, earlier this week about the um, Raiders, or about the Broncos, and about their point total. Um, and if they had scored, uh, I think it was, I believe, if they had scored 18 points in every game in regulation, they would be 8-2. and two. I want to say, um, which is really, really funny, I think. Um, yes, uh, if the Broncos had scored exactly 18 points in regulation every game, they would be 8-1. and 8-1. and one. If the Broncos scored just 18 points in regulation. Um, they've had a few games go into overtime as well. So, yeah, there's that. Um and as I was scrolling through my Twitter likes <laughs> to find that, I actually found some interesting nuggets on some uh, some Heisman stuff. So over the last, I'll say, um, over, let's see here, getting there. Yes, here it is. So the last th last three college QBs to average 300 passing yards per game and lead their team in rushing, Johnny Manziel, Patrick Mahomes, and Drake May. So there's that. Um, and, yeah, I think that is it um, on the NFL side of things. Um see yeah that's all I've got there um, so we'll move into the uh, MLB awards um, so the Cy Young came out yesterday um, Justin Verlander oh, won the AL Cy Young and uh, Sandy Alcantara won the NL Cy Young um, and today MVP came out and uh, for the NL, it was Paul Goldschmidt with the Cardinals uh, won the NL MVP. And the AL MVP went to Aaron Judge. And uh, Aaron Judge broke the Yankee record for um, home runs. Um, and he won the MVP. And I think it's a little ridiculous um, because... I think Shohei Otani should have won the MVP because he finished fourth 
in the AL Cy Young voting. And he's also the best hitter on his team. And I want to read you this thing. So in the 2022 season, there were four teams that had a um, a hitter or hitters hit 30 home runs and have 90 RBIs and have a pitcher with a sub 2-5 ERA. The Braves had Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and Max Freed. The Blue Jays had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Alec Manoa. The Astros had Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, and Justin Verlander. The Angels, Shohei Otani, and Shohei Otani. He hit 30 home runs, 30-year-plus home runs, 90-plus RBIs, and had a sub-2-5 ERA and did not win the MVP. He is the most valuable player to his team, and it's no question about it. Uh, he's also going to be playing the World Baseball Classic for Japan, which I think is really exciting for them. Um, and just for baseball, I think should be happy. Um, so we will see about that. Um, and let's see. Uh, college basketball really starting to ramp up you've seen some good um some good games uh recently uh just last night gonzaga went to texas and got demolished uh, but i like respect that about gonzaga they also played michigan state early in the year who is playing really well so far got a big win uh over kentucky um michigan state will definitely jump into the top 25 um Kansas beat Duke in the Champions Classic. Um, I think Gonzaga will be fine. I think they're still good. Uh, obviously, Drew Timmy is still there. Guys like Rasir Bolden, Julian Strother brought over Malachi Smith from Chattanooga. Um, I think what they lack is an elite point guard. I think their guard play has been really, really good re- uh, over the past like years. Um, I think Hickman um, can be um, good. I think he will be good. Uh, I just don't think he's as elite as we have seen from past, like guys like Jalen Suggs, Nemhard, Nigel Williams, Goss, like guys you really think of when you think of Gonzaga uh, being elite um, in basketball. Uh, UNC has been struggling on preseason number one. Uh, they're undefeated still. They just have struggled more with these earlier teams than they probably should. Uh, Gonzaga, I mean, uh, Gardner Webb, uh, Charleston, College of Charleston. And uh, as well as UNCW, uh, they've got James Madison on Sunday, and then they go up to Portland for uh, the PK eighty five. Um, one of my favorite times, college of basketball, uh, other than obviously March and all that involves um, the tournaments at that point in the season. Just a lot of newness in college basketball right now, and also like these multi-team events, um, got Maui, got the PK-85, you got the battle for Atlantis. So that should be really cool. Um, I really like this time of year for that. And then lastly, like I said, World Cup starts uh, this week, uh, starts Sunday. Um, I think it's just the uh, one game between um, between. Qatar and Ecuador on Sunday and then the U.S. plays on Monday so uh, I think for the U.S. to get out of their group 
I think they're going to have to win this first game for sure. I think they're going to really have to win those games against Wales and Iran because England will be tough. And that is your soccer corner for the day. Um, before we leave, wanted to just send thoughts from us to the University of Virginia, uh, the football program, the community around there. Obviously, terrible event um, that occurred um, over – I believe it was Sunday night. Um, I mean, I'm not. We're not the news. Um, we're not gonna report on stuff, but uh, I'm not gonna ignore it as well. Obviously, very sad. Um, and just sending our thoughts uh, to them out there, because the world is a tough place sometimes. Um, but remember, to all of you guys out there, uh, you are loved. Um, people care about you, um, and you matter. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Probably just another single episode. I don't know if it'll just be me, just be Squid. Hopefully we'll both back together before uh, we can get you guys an episode before Thanksgiving. Uh, but thank you again, and that's the game. <laughs>